1: That was one of our best ones ever. Come yeah, on, don't fly lie. the movies, <laughs> hey! What's up, everybody? You're listening slash watching the Command Zone the, 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 podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Uh, we are now directly in the middle of Commander Precon season, which means that We're we have- We're at the end. That's right, we are nearing the end of Commander Precon season. Boy, what a season it's been, Josh, looking back. You're right, it is sort of the middle. We're at the end of our deck upgrades. This should be the fifth one that comes out. Uh, Which is really exciting because this is a really cool deck that we're about to look at now. The lead singer of this deck has been spoiled for a while. But this is our quick upgrades guide. So if you have bought the Precon and are looking to take 10 cards out and put 10 cards in then this is the guy to go to. This is the way to take that deck and tune it up just a little bit, and you can take this right into a game and do pretty well, to be honest.
2: Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Abzan Symbiotic Swarm, the ability counters deck. It's really interesting. Mm. Um, this is, again, one of the decks I'd say. This and the Mutate deck are the ones that kind of harken towards the main set more than the other three. Yeah. So, Obviously, we're gonna be talking about a new deck. If you want to pick up this precon, any of the other precons, any cards from the main set Aquaria layer of behemoths anything at all really that's magic related Please go on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone if you use that affiliate link when you buy any of your ma- magic products singles Anything at all you're gonna buy that stuff anyway If you just use the affiliate link when you do you really are supporting this show game nights all of our content We do want to say with the COVID crisis going on Card Kingdom is facing reduced uh, operations. Staffage operations. Yeah. yeah, so please check their website to make sure that um, they're going to be able to fulfill your order in the time that you want to because shipping and stuff has been affected, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, if you're watching this now, hopefully you're, you know, if you're, well, not hopefully, but <laughs> I mean, hopefully COVID crisis is going to be over sooner rather than later. And if you're watching at that point, then Card Kingdom is going to be the fastest, no matter what. In fact, they're probably the fastest right now too because everybody's kind of shut down.
1: So Yeah, and... Your support does mean everything to Card Kingdom, to us as well. This is obviously a time where everyone's running into a bit of trouble and hardship so we do appreciate it um, and another sponsor of the show as always is ultra pro they've been with us through thick and thin and this is definitely the thick of it right now that's <laughs> true uh, but they make amazing play mats they make the sleeves that go on your cards they make the dice they make the deck boxes and they really do create everything that really brings you into the world of the game and that to me is one of the best parts about magic is playing a deck getting everything out and feeling like you are really the commander
2: uh, and another way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You get all kinds of cool perks like uh, chatting with Jimmy and I each and every day mm-hmm. on our Discord server. You get to see game nights a day l- earlier than everybody else. Also, we shout out one lucky patron every single episode.
1: This episode is dedicated to Ethan, Ethan Pie. pie. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan. you rock. You rock. And and Ethan actually is at the Discord tier. So, Ethan, we'll hope to see you on the Discord very soon. We do have a lot more time now to peruse those boards, which is great. Uh,
2: And we also want to say really quickly here that we know it's a rough time financially and economically for a lot of people out there. And Patreon support or even ordering magic cards might not be something that you feel you can do right now. Obviously, a lot of people getting... You know, laid off or reduced mm-hmm. hours at their jobs. Something you can do to still support our content if you're so inclined
1: is just give us a comment. Yeah, uh, Leave a rating on the podcast app that you listen to us on.
2: Yeah, just follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Hit the subscribe button. Those are, those are things that cost nothing and, and do help the show still.
1: Yeah, if you're watching this right now and haven't hit the subscribe button, please just click it really easy and you can hit the little notification bell so you can get alerts as to when all of our Commander content is coming out because we are not slowing down here.
2: Yeah, we still got set reviews for mm-hmm. both sets. There's a lot still left to do, so you're not going to want to miss it. All right, let's get into the upgrade guide, the budget upgrade guide for this Abzan Symbiotic Swarm Swarm. deck. Um, As with the other ones, we're going to recommend 10 cards to put in, 10 to take out. We're going to stay in a total budget of around $25. Uh, And as usual, we're not going to mess with the mana base. Again, the mana base will work. It will be fine, as is, if you have
1: shocks and fetches and stuff like that obviously put them in the deck put them in yeah and the man bases of these are built up pretty well all right let's move on to talking about the new commanders present in the set and this one is the lead singer the one on the front of the box it's catharel aspect warper <laughs> it is a nightmare insect so that, yeah it's that's, scary looking yeah <laughs> so this is two in Abzan, or white black and green for a three three legendary creature nightmare insect get ready for some word soup here we go When Catharal enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control if a creature card in your graveyard has flying. Repeat this process for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Then put a plus one, plus one counter on Catharal through each counter put on a creature this way. Okay, really quick breakdown how this works. You cast Catharal or it enters the battlefield in some way. Then you look into your graveyard. If a creature card in your graveyard has flying, congratulations, you can put a flying counter on any creature you control, including Catheril. And then you repeat that process and look through your graveyard to find all of the other keywords that are listed here. And then you can put those counters on any creatures you control or again Catharal. And then when you're done with all that, count the number of counters you put on creatures and then put plus and plus one counters on Catharal for each creature or each counter that's been put on the creature this way. New mechanic this set, there are now ability keywords that are counters. So you can get something that says flying. And it's a little counter. You put it on the card and the card gains flying and it counts as a counter on the card. Same goes for all of the other keywords.
2: It actually is, it, it, it reads confusingly, but it's actually pretty simple when you yeah. play it. I know online, there has been a lot of discussion that'll be hard to keep track of or whatever. They're actually going to the little, um you remember in Amonkhet yes. how we had the brick counters, and there was like a separate card that came in the booster pack? A little punch-out card. Yeah, and so they have punch-out cards with Woo. ability counters that come in um, the booster packs and stuff, and so we've got some here in our hands, and we'll put uh the little ability counter thing on screen. But anyway, you're gonna ha- be able to have these, so it's not actually gonna be that hard to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, and it is really, really cool, because what Catherwell does is kind of spread abilities around to your creatures in the manner that you want yeah so you get to sort of build your own monsters or or monster and then <laughs> cathro also gets bigger this is it's actually pretty powerful we've played the decks again a few times and whenever cathro gets cast even if you only get like three abilities and three plus one plus one counters it's like all of a sudden cathro is like a six six it With has like death proof. touch yeah something else gets indestructible like it kind of it kinda, it it definitely plays better than it reads.
1: Yeah, and it feels like something that you can build either a big go-wide deck and make a lot of individual monsters or just straight Voltron and make Catherill a very, very hard-to-remove
2: thing. And uh, this isn't related to Commander, but I want to say that I got a chance to draft this set, a really early version of it, when I went to visit Wizards like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that was when I drafted Commander Legends also that same day. And in draft the ability counters are really, really sweet. It was one of those oh, yeah, things where it's just like light bulb and you're like, ding, why haven't they done this before? This is really <laughs> cool. So anyway, I like the ability counter thing a lot. Um, moving on to the next, or, or the other new commander. There's all, obviously a partner pairing as with all the decks, uh, but the other sort of single new commander that comes in the deck that you could run as the lead singer right out of the box is Tyam. Tayam, Tayam, Tyam, who knows? Tyam, Luminous Enigma the riddler okay <laughs> uh one a white uh black and a green so one in abzan for a three three legendary creature nightmare beast it says each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on it whoa so all of your creatures that enter the battlefield get vigilance but kind of forever not mm-hmm. yeah and then you can pay three and remove three counters from among creatures you control Put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, Tyam doesn't even care what the counters are. Right. And you can remove three counters from among creatures you control. So, it's not three from any one creature. If you have two plus one plus one counters and a flying counter on different creatures, you can just grab all three of those and then... It sun-tightened something back.
1: Yeah, I mean, that could be a f- uh, 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 Evolving Wilds, too, so it can mm-hmm. actually ramp you. Yeah, there's a lot of things Wow, that very there. powerful. Very powerful. Uh, the big thing here is that you want to have a lot of counters on creatures, obviously, um, but it's cool because it mills you as well, so it keeps that engine going, um, and it works well with Cathro depending on who you're running as the lead singer because you want cards in your graveyard to trigger Catherill's stuff. I really like this because it also will synergize with other plus one plus one counter
2: mm-hmm. cards that exist in magic. Because yes, we have Achoria, the main set, and we have this pre-con, but the number of cards in all of magic that are gonna add ability counters is going to be small. Yeah. Just because that's that's all we've got. A Korea, Layer of Behemoth, and this pre-con deck. And so if you open that up with Tyam to no plus one, plus one counters and even like, I don't know, there's like weird count coin counters and stuff from yeah, other things Yeah there's all sorts of random things Yeah you could put those cards in the deck a Tyam deck so that seems pretty cool
1: Yeah and Tyam too uh in, in these colors we have gave who's literally the plus one, plus one counter commander. So these are the colors to get plus one, plus one counters as well. So you can definitely find those synergies in there. That's also known as Gave to everyone. G- yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Every time I say Gave, my soul dies a little bit. Gave just sounds so much better to I'm me. just going to call Gave. I don't care what they say. <laughs> okay. The next two cards are the partner pairing. So they have to be played with each other if you decide to make these the lead singers. It's Yannick, Scavenging Sentinel, to a green and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature Hyena Beast. It partners with Nakara, Lair Scavenger, who Josh will read in a second. This card has Vigilance, and when Yannick enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. When you do, distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures where X is the exiled creature's power." So this is a little interesting. Obviously, when this enters the battlefield, you choose another creature you control until Yannick leaves. And then when Yannick leaves, that creature comes back. However, when you do have Yannick leave the battlefield, you distribute X plus one plus encounters amongst any number of target creatures. Again, you can split this up where X is the exile creature's power. So if it's a five crap power creature when Yannick leaves, boom, five plus one plus encounters go across the board. That's pretty cool. Works with
2: Tyam. Yes. Uh, I guess works with Catharole a little bit in that Catharole does get plus one, plus one counters, so that synergy is in the deck. And it has Vigilance, so yeah. it's in the graveyard, yeah. It could have double Vigilance if Kayam's out.
1: <laughs> Sick. <laughs> it actually does tap at that point. It, it's like the plus one, nice <laughs> one counters. It's
2: like a negative oh, plus a negative dark. is actually a positive. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, the partner
2: is Nikara, Layer Scavenger. Two and a black for a 2-2 legendary creature, Human Cleric. Partners with Yannick, of course, has Menace. And says, whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, oh. if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card
1: and you lose one life. Oh, very nice. So again, if Yannick comes in and gets rid of a creature with plus and plus of counters on it, then you draw cards with Nakara. And, and then when Yannick goes away, put
2: more counters, counters out, when those more things potential go, draw from Nakara. Draw, yeah. Also, Tyam puts counters on every creature you play, Vigilance counters. Yeah, Catheril puts a lot of counters out there, gets counters itself. So Nakara just synergizes with everything going on because... Nakara doesn't care if it's a plus one, plus one counter mm-hmm. or an ability
1: counter or what you just or charge counter. It, she doesn't care. Yeah, Nakara's actually pretty powerful. Yeah, it, again, draw a card, lose a life. Very, very good cards or very good uh, text on the card. Okay, let's break down what this deck is all about in our favorite segment. Stats. <laughs> statistic time (laughs) all right so in this deck there are 21 new cards uh and that means that of the rest of them there are 61 reprints and 18 of those are basic lands so overall 79 reprints those added together is 100 it's this is a little bit lower amount of new cards than we've seen
2: in some of the other decks. One of them had I think the whole deck had like twenty nine. Yeah. Was which crazy. is a little surprising because this is the ability counter commander, and mm-hmm. you would think they would put they would need to put more new cards in since ability counters is a new thing. So I'm a little surprised. Yes. It's still a higher number than any other
1: precon from any other year though. Yeah. Those usually had like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. The nice thing is that these cards do work with the history of magic much better than Mutate does necessarily because there are less you cards. Can just that reference care counters. About yeah, yeah. Counters yeah so that maybe makes sense there all right let's dive into the deeper stats in the deck there are 11 cards that ramp you which is great uh three of those are land so it's like the myriad landscape Crows and verge and the blighted woodlands they're not super efficient later on but they are very good if you can play them on turn one um except for Blighted woodland card draw six card draw spells in here um which Nah, it's a little low, but it kind of makes sense because there are a lot of other ways to get advantage through your graveyard, so it's kind of like having more cards in your hand. Oh, that's a really good point. Um, but two of the card draws are conditional, so Sater, Wayfinder, and Grizzly Salvage only get specific cards when you play them. They're like kind of card draw. Maybe yeah. added together, you might count them as one. Yes, yeah, so maybe card draw is closer to five then, than six. So card draw is a little light in the deck of fields, yep. like, but I do like what you said about graveyard recursion kind of standing in for a card advantage. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. There are four board wipes. Good. So that sounds about right. And then six sources of single target removal. And these colors definitely have, I think, the greatest swath. Anytime you have white and black, you have access to the best removal in Magic. Yeah, and you can always add the easy ones like source splashers and stuff if you want.
2: I mm-hmm. like the board wipes. Um, we've usually seen around three in the other decks. Four yeah. is good a graveyard recursiony deck probably wants a few more board wipes than your average deck too so
1: yeah the stats are good they're not optimized obviously uh, that's something that's up to you all if you want to do but i think out of the box it still plays pretty well and there's a lot of different ways to get an advantage in this game slash you might just kill some with catheter on turn you know six so who knows <laughs> who knows uh all right let's talk about the big one everyone's
2: always curious about the deck value note as with the other decks we are Recording this video before the deck has been revealed to the public. So, as a result, the prices we're going to refer to, they only take into account the reprints in the deck. Again, there are mm-hmm. 61 reprints. We're not going to count the basic lands. Not the new cards, obviously, because we we don't know the prices on the new cards. They haven't been revealed yet. And, the obviously, the prices are from previous to the deck being revealed. As soon as the deck is revealed and everybody sees the list, the prices on all the reprints will go down because... Supply demand, there's more supply, yep. all of a sudden the prices go down. So, but still, because we're doing all of the decks from the same vantage point, at least as far as context with each other the the value will at least be
1: consistent. Yep. So the total price of all of the cards again not the new cards just the reprints we added up was $91.67. A little on the low end for these decks. Yeah, and again that number is going to drop down. So the sum of all of the $2 plus cards and there's 16 of them adds up to $61 and there's only five cards that are $5 and up and those add up to 29.96.
2: All right, so, yeah, this deck is a little
1: on the lower end as far as the reprint value. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight up, you can probably just say that. That's just how it goes. But yeah. there are some notable reprints, and we usually base this off of cards that are more expensive than Soul Ring, so sort of four fifty and up. Um, the first one is Karametra, God of Harvests. All of the gods really have had a very high price point over the years just because they are very powerful and great in our format. Karametra is a card that I've liked quite a bit it helps you ramp um it's very creature based but it's a five mana legendary enchantment creature god that probably is never going to leave the battlefield <laughs> people don't usually they have to have exile and you usually have to have exile enchantment
2: people may remember melissa torah ran it in oh, yeah. uh the game nights Chantris. episode with yeah with prof yeah very popular so. but that was sitting at 12 bucks that's probably going to drop a bit now which is great uh all of these decks have the next card which is awesome it's arcane signet Ooh. this is just a commander staple let's be honest it's going to go in a high percentage of your decks so it's going to be a lot cheaper now since it's not just getting reprinted in one deck it's getting reprinted Mm -hmm. in all the decks but i think it'll be like soul ring where you know four or five months after these decks have been out it's going to start to climb back up again and by this time next year or you know january of next year it's going to be right back up probably around the yeah. $6, $7 range. So pick these up while they're cheap for sure.
1: Yeah, and this is going to be, again, because there are five pre-cons coming out, this is the biggest, because who knows if they're going to be in the other sort of commander cards that are coming out later in the year in the smaller decks uh, that go along with the set. So this is the time to pick it up for sure. It's it's $8 right now before it's been revealed that it's reprinted in all the decks. Yeah, and the, you can watch the price of Soul Ring does basically the same thing in between the commander product releases. Um, the next is a land, it's Canopy Vista, and this is a great land because it says, land, forest, plains on it's a land that adds green or white and it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more basic lands so this is actually one of the most powerful I think new sets of the dual lands that Wizards is printing because it can come into play untapped and it has the text Forest Plains on there. so They have like, lands from, yeah. what is that, Battle for Zendikar? Yeah, and that means that cards like uh, Myriad Landscape can search this thing out, um, which is great. Uh, it's just a very powerful land, and I'm glad to see it reprinted. Yeah, not Myriad Landscape because it gets only basic. Oh, you're right, you uh, right. Fetch lands, though. Fetch lands, and, yeah. yeah. Any land that asks for, find a forest or a plains, yep. yeah. Uh, The next one
2: is another land, Gavigny Township. Very powerful. It's a land that taps for a colorless or diamond mana, or you can pay two, a green, and a white, and tap the Gavigny Township, and you put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. Hey! Any deck that cares about 1-1 counters and is in these colors, and there are a lot of them, wants a Gavigny
1: Township. This is a really good card. Who doesn't want to go to the Township? (laughs) um and i think this is also played in older formats which is why the uh it's, it's sort of gotten up
2: i don't know why where you said that i just thought like oh i want to go to gaffney township and get some power converters it just made me uh, yeah i was gonna go to touch station to get some power converters
1: <laughs> i don't know why i just heard luke say that all right the last card is actually a little bit under the soul ring but it's still a four dollar and up card it's a chroma angel of wrath this is, again, keyword soup. It's just five white, white, white for a 6-6 six, six with <gasps> flying first strike, vigilance, trample, haste protection from black and red. Pretty good with Catherill. Yeah, pretty good with Catherall. Uh That thing will just hammer you yeah. home and kill you immediately <laughs> yeah that thing is brutal if you're it is playing eight mana so you want a red yeah you want to cheat this card out more than
2: anything else if you can if you can help it so those are the kind of the high value reprints now let's go into our next section we always talk about who you should run as the commander of the deck straight out of the box yeah sometimes
1: it's cut and dry sometimes it's not i think this one is one of the ones that's not right yeah it's definitely not it's actually really close and uh, you can make an argument to go any number of different ways with this but let's look at the most important thing which is relating to Catharal, which is keywords so Let's look at the total number of creatures in the deck. We have 35 total creatures, which is a pretty high amount. Um, Yeah, really high. 27 creatures have at least one relevant keyword to Catharal. And again, those words are... Flying, okay. yeah. flying first strike double strike death touch hexproof indestructible, lifelink menace reach trample and vigilance so any of those the at least 27 cards have one of those words on them in this deck one creature has two of the relevant keywords and five creatures actually have three plus relevant keywords so cards like acroma or vampire nighthawk have three or more um, and the non-relevant keywords to cathro that are also in the deck are delve flash and changeling so thank goodness Catherine can't add changeling to a card that would be pretty crazy can't add Delve either. That would be weird, I guess. Yeah. Now, of the eight creatures that don't have keywords, again, 27 do, uh, six of them do care about keywords in the graveyard or on the battlefield, or they have an ability that gives keywords to others. So it's definitely playing with this keyword theme pretty strongly. Oh, um, so a lot of the ones that don't are sort of payoffs or yeah, rewards Yeah, like Audre, Marshall oh, is right. one of those. Uh, and then the only two cards without keywords or care about keywords are Sacred Tribe Elder and Sator Wayfinder. And those are just sort of staples for this kind of deck. Right, one's filling your graveyard, and one's a ramp card. Yeah. (laughs) All right, now looking at the deck, there are cards that say have counters matter, and that's more related to Tyam, Luminous, Enigma. There are 15 cards that give counters, move counters around, or give specific keyword counters. So that also includes Catharill. Um, There are six cards that self-mill you and then there are nine cards that recur cards from your graveyard. It seems pretty cohesive too. All this
2: stuff does kind of work together so I can see why it's possible that Actually, even the partner commanders could
1: work yeah. with some of this stuff because of the counters moving and matters thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, so, let's look at all of them. Now, There was uh, when I was writing out this outline, one thing stood out to me. So, Catharos on the box and has multiple three CMC ramp spells to get out a five CMC commander early. Mm. But the thing that really stood out to me is there's only six sources of self-mill in the deck. And So if, it's hard to actually cast Catharole on five and have anything in your
2: graveyard at yeah. that point that you can...
1: Because turns one, two, and four are when you're going to mill stuff into the graveyard. And so being able to do that consistently with only six sources of self-mill isn't that great. I think we found that a lot when playing the decks, too. Uh, when either the Catharole player if you're playing the
2: Catharole deck, a lot of times you're like, well, I could cast Catharole. What yeah. am I going to get? One ability and one 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 counter. Well, I don't want to do that then. I need to figure out some way to get some stuff into my graveyard. So you don't end up casting Cathedral until like eight, nine, turn 10, because that's the point at which your graveyard actually has enough stuff to make it worth it. Yeah. A five mana three three with like fly. Well, let's say a five mana four four with like flying not that great
1: yeah and you kind of just lose out on the fact that you know like you want to do this early and have a huge impact because you want to drive i think if you're going to play this voltron or go swarmy you need to have a lot of stuff out there to use cathro's ability for yeah um now so the question is is it worth it to play cathro if you're only going to get one to two keywords at your graveyard or is it more worth it to run a card like Tyam? who gives counters to every card you play, and it can recur 22 cards in the deck. So I count all the three CMC cards are less. Oh, that's, um, that's the not, amount of targets it has, yeah, not counting lands. Not counting the lands, yeah. So, so 22 cards in the deck can get brought back by Tyam. And we know that some of the
2: ramp lands, like Myriad Landscape, Crows mm-hmm. and Verge, Blighted Woodland, all three
1: of them are sacrificeable yes. and then get back out with Tyam. So. Yeah, so there is a bigger argument there, I think, for that. And then Yannick and Nikara are interesting choices. You get card draw and counters. I think it's the closest, though, between Tyam and Catherill. Um Obviously, there are going to be a lot of cards that support Catherill because he's the, or she's the, the lead singer of the box. But I think the deck overall has more counters matter cards than self-mill. So I'm going to choose to build around Tyam because I think it makes the 10 cards in, 10 cards out a lot easier. And you can actually make it more powerful in this direction.
2: I also think Tyam, when the deck is kind of not optimized, is probably a little bit more powerful in that getting your commander out, getting Tyam out is really the first thing you want to do, first impactful thing you want to do in the game. And then after that, you want to play your other creatures to get counters on them yeah. and sort of gets the ball rolling all on its own. Whereas Cathro has a whole bunch of stuff you got to do before you play Cathro, which is harder, I think.
1: Yeah, and getting blown out with Catherine on the battlefield, and you throw everything on him or her, it's just not, I think, where you want to be necessarily, whereas time gives you a lot more um, flexibility. And also the remove counters and Sun Titan something I think is an incredibly powerful ability. That's what's going to give you staying power. I mean, one of the best ways to win
2: a game of Commander would just be to do that a couple of times to so get lands into play, because getting yeah. extra lands into play is just so powerful. Okay, so we're going to build around Tyam here. Yep. Let's talk about the best cards currently in the deck oh, this first with that in is- mind.
1: <laughs> Whoa, they did it. We got there. <laughs> All now right. Let's do this about 20 more times. And I think we're about to run a little closer to even in color ba- balance. So I
2: believe that Gavin on Twitter recently, this is the card he was referencing, I think. He, I think he so, talked yeah. about creating a white ramp card. Um, he's been doing, obviously, because a lot of people are, you know, isolating at home. Gavin's been doing a lot of content from his house and just talking about magic design and things like that. Cool. If you're not following him on Twitter, uh, you should probably check it out. Okay. So the card is Cartographer's Hawk. It's one in a white for a 2-1 bird with flying. When Cartographer's Hawk deals combat damage to a player who controls more lands than you, return it to its owner's hand. If you do, you may search your library for a planes card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library.
1: Uh, it's This is what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't care that it's combat damage. I don't care that you even have to bounce it to your freaking hand. At least it gets you a land on the battlefield in mono white. It's repeatable too. I mean, yeah. it'll get harder as you
2: go and it bounces itself yeah, but still this is pretty cool design. It it doesn't break the color pie, right? White yeah. still has to do what white normally does and it also even has the uh the restriction of, like, they have to
1: have more lands than you, so it's not going to be the easiest thing. But it will most likely happen if you're playing, like, you know, again, cards that, or colors that don't give you everything you need to get ramp going. Right,
2: and it's a, it's a really good start, I think, for white in general. Like, we need more cards like this, more thinking like this, which is, hey, we need ramp and we need draw on white. How can we give it to them? And this doesn't break the color pie. Yeah. So I, I, like, I like the card a lot. I just keep doing what you're doing, Gavin, and everybody over there, wizards. Keep thinking along these lines. We need more than just this. But this is a really good start.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it's not super abusable because you need to return it to its owner's hands before searching for your library for a planes card. So you can't, like, hit someone and then flicker it in response to the trigger. It has to go back to your hand, I believe. Uh, The next good card in the deck, best card in the deck, is Selective Adaptation. Oh, yeah, this one's cool. Four green, green for a sorcery. Reveal the top seven cards of your library. Choose from among them a card with flying, a card with first strike, and so on for double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. Put one of the chosen cards onto the battlefield. On the battlefield! The other chosen cards into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. This is just good on all axes. One goes directly into the battlefield. Yep. The other ones
2: go into your hand,
1: so anything with a keyword is going to at least go into your hand. Yeah, which is great. Again, six mana, this could draw you up to... Mm, Seven cards. Six cards and one goes on the battlefield. Yeah, oh, true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, and then the others go into your graveyard, which is a place you want
2: cards to be. Yeah. Again, especially with Tyam, you want lands in that in that graveyard. So, yeah, this card, every time we've seen it cast when we've been playing it, it's been like, whoa, that card's good.
1: It's good, yeah. It always does a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's six mana, get one card down, draw a card, that's still good. All right, the next one is also a new card
2: from Commander um, Akoria, Commander 2020. What are we calling this set? I have no idea. C20 uh, C twenty Korea. One thing I like so far is we're talking about new cards in the best cards in the deck slot. Yes, that's so. one of the best things to do, I think. Yeah. yeah thank goodness. But some, <laughs> a lot of decks, it's like... You go, what are the best cards? Uh, it's skull clamp and all the yeah. usual suspects. All right. It's Nesting Grounds. It's a land. You can tap it for colorless or diamond mana. Or you can pay one, tap it, and move a counter from target permanent you control onto another target permanent you control. You can only activate this ability as a sorcery. Nice.
1: This is sweet. Any counter mm-hmm. on any card, you can move around. And this used to be something that was only restricted to blue, this idea of moving counters around. This is a land that can go in any deck. It obviously synergizes super well with this deck. But very powerful. The fact that this card exists means it's the first of its kind. Uh, and it's very, really, really unique. So, obviously, it's going to be one of the best cards in the deck. Yeah, too. that's really cool. All right, Netherborn Altar. It's one in the black for an artifact. You can tap it to put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Then you lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar really like this card as well so basically what this is like let's say time has died three times it's going to cost way too much to cast you pay this you tap it and so like let's say this you play the same turn you play Tyam, you tap it that's your two mana commander attacks it bounces from your command zone to your hand and you can play it for its regular casting costs and then you lose three life now of course you can move these soul counters around in this deck but basically this is basically letting you surpass commander attacks every single time should you want to
2: yeah yeah that's pretty cool just a way to get around, yeah. I can pay life instead of mana, yeah. sort of. Yeah. I like that. Uh, the next card is not a new card, but it's still one of the best cards in the deck. It's Nyx Weaver. This is an innocuous card, but it's so good. Yeah. It's one, a green, and a black. Three mana total for a 2-3 spider with reach. Oh, it's also an enchantment creature. That sometimes matters. Mm-hmm. It says, at the beginning of your upkeep, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. So on your upkeep, you mill two then you can pay one a green and a black and exile the nix weaver and return target card from your graveyard to your hand so nice. it'll regrow something eventually this is just like innocuous doesn't seem like a lot but we'll block some stuff because mm-hmm. Catherine might just give it death touch or something
1: yeah or Tyam was going to give a vigilance yep you know it will mill you every single
2: turn and you want stuff in your graveyard for kathril and other effects, just, you know, recursive... What was there? Nine graveyard recursion spells yeah. in the deck. Tyam too, wants things in the graveyard. And again, you want lands in the graveyard for Tyam, mm-hmm. or, or three CMC or lower stuff. And then, eventually, when it's outclassed, you've got enough stuff in your graveyard or just somebody goes to remove it or there's a board wipe, you just cash it in and get a card back from your graveyard. You get selective adaptation back so you can cast it again.
1: Yeah, the in against any card this is one of the cards i like to call like headache cards where it's just like oh, okay fine it's fine now but then like turn nine or ten you're looking at it and you're going well crap they're just going to regrow or the eternal amount witness back of value that thing has Ugh. gotten them by turn 10
2: these are some of my favorite cards in commander and that it just doesn't meet the threshold of like your opponents feel like they have to remove that yeah but it's so it's gonna so sit there but then after six turns or five turns in play it has gotten you you know more value than and you know Maybe an Elishnorn even would have gotten you over that right. time, you know, because people are just gonna be like, Well, we gotta kill that Elishnorn or steal it. Whereas next weaver they're like, Whatever, it's little increments, but those increments add up. And then what if the next weaver
1: got you back at Elishnorn? Uh. <laughs> there you go. It sounds exactly like something Craig would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. Okay. We're gonna get on to talking about the ten cards we want to take out of the deck and the ten cards we want to put in. But before we do, a quick message from our mid roll sponsors.
0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie dot com that 's a n g i dot com
2: all right we 're back we 're talking about the abzan symbiotic swarm deck, the ability counters or just counters deck we're into everybody's favorite portion of the upgrade video which is where we talk about which cards we would want to add to the deck now remember our total budget is around 25 dollars for this exercise Mm -hmm. we're not super stringent we might be a little over a little under we're not trying to hit it exactly but and prices will change too between now and whenever you even watch the episode so yeah but we're just not going to talk about a bunch of 20 dollars cards
1: obviously (laughs) if you have you know demonic tutor and stuff put it in the deck yeah uh now a couple of notes before we get into it the cards that can move counters from a creature to another used to only exist in blue so like fate Transfer or Leech Bonder, um, but this deck does share a lot of mechanics with the main set, and there are cards in Acoria that will pair well with it. But we're not going to include those cards on the ten list because we don't know their prices yet. Um, so we're just going to have a second list after we talk about our first ten cards that are just going to be some like, hey, these are kind of cool. Maybe you should check those out if you are you know drafting the main set and you pull on those cards. Definitely throw it in there as well. Okay, so we'll talk about the Aquaria layer of Behemoth cards later, separately. All right. Okay. Counters Matters cards. Uh, so if we're running Tiam as the commander, we obviously want cards that are going to give us a lot of counters and ways to remove a bunch of counters without having to worry about running out of them. One of my favorites is Mana Gorger Hydra, a card that just gets out of control very quickly. Uh, one that's sometimes even more important than the Planar Bridge on the battlefield, if you're a Game Nuts <laughs> fan. Uh, it's a two in the green for a 1-1 Hydra with Trample, and whenever a player casts a spell, play plus one, plus one counter on Mana Gorger Hydra. Has Trample, so it's going to be a great attacker eventually, but also it's just going to grow so much in a game.
2: Yeah, this is great because you all those counters you can cash in with Tyam for stuff in your graveyard if you want to, or you can just bash people. Yeah, and give it Vigilance if you cast it after Tyam, pretty good. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the next one is, and, and Mana Gorge Hydra, a little on the spendy side for for our budget. It's about $5, but yeah. still within range. Uh, the next one's much cheaper, $1, for Death's Presence. Five and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, put X11 counters on target creature you
1: control where X is the power of the creature that died. This is this is really good. Yeah, typically this is just okay. It's an expensive enchantment, and it's like, great, you put you made a creature huge, I'll just chump block it. But those counters matter so much more with Tyam. And again, if it's a 3 CMC or less creature that died, you get to get back with Tyam and you just sort of keep this train going, and soon you're going to be in a surplus. Your economy of plus one, plus one counters is going to be much better as yeah. a result. It's much better to be in an economic surplus. Yeah. Um, now, a big cre- now a big thing, obviously, too, is having a sack outlet for cards like Death's Presence. So Carrion Feeder is a great, great example of that's a really cheap creature black for a 1-1 one, one. says carrion feeder can't block however it also says sacrifice a creature play plus one plus one counter on carrion feeder this and death's presence really good right yeah yeah just moving counters around sacking stuff getting more counters yeah and then time removes those counters carrion feeder also collects counters when they sacrifice a card so that's actually really powerful there too it's you know you could say like oh i want the viscera seer in this deck it's like no you actually want a card close to the carrion feeder because i think it synergizes much better with a tayam
2: yeah it gets counters
1: yeah Um, The next one is classic in a counters
2: matter deck. It's winding constrictor. Black and a green for a 2-3 snake. If one or more counters would be put on any artifact or creature you control, that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters are put on that permanent instead. And if you would get one or more counters, you get that many plus one of each of those counters instead, meaning you the player. That's not really going to happen in this deck. The interesting thing about this one is it'll synergize with Tyam's Vigilance counter. You get two Vigilance counters, which doesn't actually make it so you tap when you attack counter to what we <laughs> said earlier but it is good because Tiam wants to take counters off stuff and this would allow you to still have some abilities after you do that right or or just having two
1: two vigilances to take off to cash in for time is a lot better than having one i mean this is almost on the level of doubling season in a deck like this just doubling all of it now it does not synergize with netherborn altar because it's going to get two soul counters every time you have a one to constrictor out but it's so good with the rest of the deck that i think it's just worth it yeah that's cool um now abusing time's ability aka the sun titan ability uh there are some very obvious cards you should put in there eternal witness is one Mm -hmm. that's just we've seen this loop before with Sun Titans before where you cast the sun titan your eternal witness comes back to get another card find a way to get this eternal witness back in the graveyard you can just keep doing this over and over again and you always get this repeatable effect um eternal witness is really simple it's one green green for a two one and when it enters the battlefield during your turn target card from your graveyard to your hand yeah, it gets any card too, so that's what I like
2: about it. It it sort of turns Sun Titan, so Tyam, into something that will get you any card you want, rather than only the three cm three c or less stuff. Because Eternal Witness comes back on the battlefield, and you're like, oh, I want Selective Adaptation. Cool, I got that in my hand now. Whereas Tyam by itself couldn't get you that card. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Animate Dead. It's so an enchantment <laughs> aura. Oh boy. All right, here we go. It's it's a lot simpler than it's about to sound. Okay, it's one in a black for an enchantment. You enchant creature card in a graveyard. When in when animate dead enters the battlefield, if if it's on the battlefield, it loses enchant creature in a graveyard, and gains enchant creature put onto the battlefield with animate dead. Return enchanted creature <laughs> card to the battlefield under your control and attach animate dead to it. When animate dead leaves the battlefield. That creature's controller sacrifices it. Enchanted creature gets negative one, negative oh. Okay, listen. It's because there's no way to enchant a card in your graveyard. The rules just don't really have a good way to handle that. But basically, you're regrowing... A, you're, you're putting a card from your graveyard onto the battlefield. Enchantment... Uh, animate dead as an enchantment is the thing that's holding it there. So if it leaves the graveyard, then the creature goes back to the graveyard.
1: And then the creature gets negative one power for some reason, because they wanted to make it more complicated. Yeah. And if you read the old old text for this, you will be doubly confused. Basically, you cast this card, you get a creature back, it gets minus one, minus one, yeah. so if yeah. you lose the enchantment, you lose the creature as well. Most importantly, it's a two CMC spell. So it gets any... Basically, this says, get any creature out of your graveyard, we don't care what the CMC is anymore, because you just get it with this... Mm-hmm.
2: this Oh, Aura.
1: Yeah, I like so, that a lot. brings back the enchantment Aura, and then you can fetch any card out of your graveyard you that is a creature. You get a Chroma creature. note from black. Dang yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, no, maybe not Chroma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next is Fauna Shaman. One in the green for a creature elf. Shaman 2-2. We saw this have great effect in the last Game Night's episode. Uh, you can pay a green and tap it to discard a creature card and search your library for a creature card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Again, this works well with Catharill, but more importantly, it works well with Tyam. You drop something in there that's 3 CMC or less, you can get it back, and you also fetch any card out of your deck there are many great targets uh, for the creatures you can grab here Um, obviously i think eternal witness is the one that we mentioned already that is just going to be great the
2: the great thing about fauna shaman and it's more way more expensive counterpart survival of the fittest is it goes and finds you the creature you need right now yeah so you're just looking at do you really want just only access to the creatures in your hand or do you want access to all creatures in your deck
1: i'd go for all creatures in your deck that's probably gonna be a little bit better yeah catch that wayfinder in for something much scarier yeah uh, next is a series of cards, and I, you know, I took a lot of inspiration from Carador decks because they're constantly recasting things out of the graveyard, and it's like, well, what if you're constantly sun-tightening things out of the graveyard? Mm. Um, the Plague Crafter slash Merciless Executioner slash Fleshbag Marauder are all three mana cards that when they enter the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature, and Plague Crafter says, or Planeswalker, but usually you play this, you sacrifice the creature itself, and everyone else loses a the creature. them if you're getting these cards back once a turn, even multiple times a turn, you will shut down the whole board. If you want to never lose to a Voltron deck, just play all three of these cards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: Uh, And the next is also a grouping of cards. It's uh, the O-ring effect. So there's Oblivion Ring, Banishing Light, and Grasp of Fate is the sort of more expensive one. The best of all of them, yeah. Yeah. I'll read Grasp of Fate. It's one white white for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield. For each opponent... Exile up to one target non-land permanent that player controls until Grasp of Fate leaves the battlefield, and then those permanents return to their owner's control. Uh, Oblivion Marine and Banishing Light each do singular targets. Grasp of Fate does one from each of your opponents. But they're enchantments that basically remove stuff until the enchantment itself is gone. Mm -hmm. I kind of think of it like that prison that Zod gets stuck in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like exiled off in this thing. and then But if you ever break that weird glass thing, Zod comes out. I'm talking about the original Superman, not the uh, movies, not the newer Isn't one.
1: Isn't it similar to Ugin and they had some sort of vault of types. yeah and if you break it oh here come the eldrazi again yeah, yeah. Uh, so similar things uh, again these are all three cmc or less and people are going to want to remove your o-ring slash grasp of fates Grass of fate is great if you can recur it yeah it's like well, well too bad it's coming right back and now I can choose better targets than i did before so very very powerful there Um, Now, Proliferate is something that is obviously going to be very powerful in this deck, too. You have counters running around all over the place. And fortunately for us, Proliferate has been a mechanic that has been sort of brought back by Wizards recently. Yeah, Warden Spark in the colors that we want it to be in so evolution sage this Ooh. card is perfect with tyam it's a three two for two and a green so rd three three cmc or less whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control proliferate so proliferate is choose any number of permanents and or players then give give each another counter of each kind already there so it doubles all the counters on your stuff including your vigilance counters that you get from tyam and Tyum also can bring back lands, which means it's going to doubly affect the fact that you can get Evolution Sage, play a land, get a land back with time, boom, counters everywhere, use it again, go nuts. Really awesome. Yeah. yeah that's that's a great card. And then there's also Karn's Bastion, which is a land that proliferates, and Pollenbrite Druid, which is, I think, potentially, if you put this in, could be one of the best two drops in the deck. It can put a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature when it enters, or it just proliferates. Yeah, so good. because I again, love commons a- that just
2: blow out the power level. It's yeah, great. I love, it's like Nick's Weaver, kind of, where it's like, it's low CMC, it doesn't seem like a huge impact, but this is a good play early and it's a good play late. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is exactly the kind of card you want in this and deck. And
2: 17 cents. Yeah, exactly. Also a thing, Mitch would be
1: so proud. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the honorable mentions. So, <laughs> this first one we put in there, it is within the budget range, but it's one of the meanest things I think you can do with ty Oh, yeah, because you can recur it. So it's
2: Pernicious Deed. It's one, a black, and a green for an enchantment. You pay X, you sacrifice Pernicious Deed, and then you destroy each artifact, creature, and enchantment with converted mana cost X or
1: less. So this is a recurrable board wipe with Tyam, if you just do it for three, it gets rid of itself, and then you can just well, well you it's sacrifice. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you do it for three, you can get it back, and Tyam stays alive. So you can
2: even do it for more, and just also while the triggers on the stack use Tyam, because sacrifice is part of the cost, right? So it'll be in there. Yeah, and get it back. I believe that'll work. No, I'm you're not, right; it is part of the cost. It gets sacrificed, and then the, then trigger the triggers happens, on the yeah. stack, and then you're like, okay, before everything is blown up, I'll activate Tyam. <laughs> and then i'll so you know time is gonna die
1: yeah but i have pernicious heat in my hand back again what are you gonna do quick way to make everyone hate you a lot <laughs> actually there's a lot of ways for everyone to hate you in this deck uh and the other honorable mention is mm-hmm. one that i recommend no one do it's strip mine slash wasteland plus cards like Raymond Ep excavator slash crucible of worlds or even Tyam. yeah can just do it right because yeah. you sacrifice strip man, mine
2: blow up somebody's land Pay three, remove three counters, get Stripmine back into play.
1: And every single one of these cards is three CMC or less, which yeah. means Time just loves all of them. But don't do that, and it's also expensive. So put your money towards I, I something think, more fun. I think Stripmine without Crucible
2: and Ramen app Raider is probably okay because Tyam, you're often to pay three mana. Yeah, you're not going to be able to just like just, like blow up everybody's lands, but you can definitely like get rid of a key land and then do that again later. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to... You don't have to go nuts. You don't yeah. have to do the... I think the, Strip Mine is fine. Don't... If you put in the full package, Wasteland, app, and Crucible, now... Well... I mean, it's f- again. That's fine too, as long as your <laughs> opponents know that's what you're doing. This is like, fine.
1: Everything is fine.
2: <laughs> it's fine if you're playing against Kyle Hill, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> one more, one more dig at you, buddy. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about some of the cool cards from Ikoria. Uh, this first one is one I think definitely would. This is go from in the deck. main set stuff. Yeah, this is from okay. the main set. So this is the Ozolith. It's one mana for a legendary artifact. Whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on the Ozolith. Ooh, interesting. At the beginning of combat on your turn if the Ozolith has counters on it you may move all the counters from the Ozolith onto target creature oh wow and this is an artifact so if they like destroy all creatures mm-hmm. you kind of get to keep all your your
2: enhancements
1: yeah and cathro obviously loves this card Tyam loves this card because the vigilance counters will always be going on it and you can just sort of pass those around you can yeah. get a creature with like 12 times vigilance on it yeah <laughs>
2: The, the, Does it is it tapped or untapped don't I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, it's odd or even you have to add it up. Like, all right guys, let me count the vigilance counters. One, two, three, four. Okay, it taps. Great with tie obviously, because you get to save your counters. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, the one way to like really get mess this deck up is like, oh, you have all your counters on these things, I'll get rid of them, but the Osler keeps them around, yeah. That's cool.
2: Uh, the next one is keen sight mentor. It's two and a white for a one four creature, human cleric. It says when Keensight Mentor enters the battlefield to put a Vigilance counter on target non-human creature you control, and then you can pay one and a white and tap it to put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control with Vigilance. Wow. So
1: there's a note here. There's a cycle of Mentors. So um, yeah, the white one is Vigilance, the green adds Trample, and the black is cares about Lifelink.
2: But this is cool because most of your creatures should have Vigilance because Tyam is giving it to them when they mm-hmm. come out. So this is a way to just 1-1 counter everything. If you got Winding Instrictor or something, that can get out of hand pretty fast. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like Gavney Township for your Vigilance creatures. Yeah, very cool. But cheaper. Uh, Frondland Felidar, two green and white for a 3-5 creature, Cat Beast, has Vigilance. And creatures you control with Vigilance have pay a mana, tap, tap target creature. Oh, they all become tappers. Yeah. Oh. That would make Craig so sad. Yeah. You know, when I was looking through the set, I was like, okay, Tyam has to be the commander here. Because look at all of these. These two cards are perfect synergies with it. Yeah, that's an underrated
2: power to have because any really big scary threat, you're like, okay, I can take care of that for one mana. They just can't attack with it. Like, Blightsteel Colossus, don't care. (laughs) See ya. Uh, Yeah. All right, the next one is Luminous Broodmoth. Mothra. This is a cool one a lot of people are talking about. So it's, yeah, this is the Mothra card. If you didn't see the previews, there are Godzilla, Ghidorah, uh, Mothra Mothra versions of certain cards in the deck. So if you have a Mothra, it's a Luminous Broodmoth. Or you can have the Luminous Broodmoth version, but I would suggest the moth version. Yeah, okay. Pretty cool. It's too white white for a 3-4 creature insect, has flying, and it says whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. Whoa. So if it dies again, use time to take
1: the counter off, and guess what? It comes right back. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Uh, I know there's um, some combos people are talking about with Solemnity. Because yeah. it doesn't allow counters to be put on. Mm-hmm. So you can basically, like, find any creature and just sacrifice it over and over again because Mothra or her, or just or her, or keeps or bringing it back. So
1: if it's Sun Titan or something like that, it'll just ETB. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool card, though. It is mythic, so this is probably going to be, I would assume, one of the pricier cards in the set. It's got a very high power level on it. Definitely the Mothra versions will be too. Yeah. Uh, Next up is Vivian Monster's Advocate. That's one of the new Planeswalkers. It's three green green for a three loyalty Planeswalker. It has a static ability like the the newest Planeswalkers we've seen recently. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library, so that's Mm -hmm. pretty good. And then the plus one is a create a three three green beast creature token and put your choice of a Vigilance counter, a Reach counter or a trample counter on it that's cool and then the minus two which again you can do the moment you play this commander or this uh, planeswalker when you cast your next creature spell this turn search your library for a creature card with lesser converted mana cost put it onto the battlefield then shuffle your library
2: wow wow so you're like okay this turn i'm going to cast an eight drop and i can go find seven or
1: less and just put it on
2: i get a wow
1: and (laughs) and you, it creates a blocker, which is one of the most important things. Not only does it create a blocker, but it creates a blocker with a counter on it, so Tyam likes it too. The static ability is super good on this card too. It's just card advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a really good point to watch. Yeah, I think it's one of the best
2: Vivians ever printed. Alright, the next one is Nethroy Apex of Death. It's two white-black-green for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature. It's a cat-nightmare beast. It has mutate for four... A hybrid. A hybrid <laughs> white-green and two black. So, seven mana for its mutate. Um... Should we say what mutate it is again? You can cast it for its mutate cost and then you attach it to a non-human creature and then it gets the abilities of both cards but the power and toughness of only one of them depending on which card you put on top. Mm -hmm. All right. It has Death Touch and Lifelink. It's pretty good. Whenever this creature mutates, return any number of target creature cards with total
1: power 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. What? <laughs> if you load up with three CMC cards, this is just a, th- a seven mana get three more cards onto the battlefield. Wow. It's, and you could potentially get four, maybe even five, like a Pollen Bright Druid, a Nyx Weaver, and yeah. you know, there's And lots. it's good with Catharol and everything too because it has Death Touch and Life Links.
2: So if yeah. you're sitting in your graveyard, it's going to do some work. Also, just a 5-mana, five 5-5 five five Death Touch
1: Life Link is pretty good. Yeah, you can even get some Eldrazi back with this because it's total power 10 or 10, less. It yeah. could just be one card, right? So this is, again, very, very powerful, and it's going to probably, again, be one of the pricier cards in the set because of the power levels up there. All right, the final one is Death's Oasis. It's white, black, green for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Hey. Then return a creature card with lesser converted mana cost than the creature that died from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, and you can pay one to sacrifice it, and you gain life equal to the greatest converted mana cost among creatures you control.
2: It's got a, the feel of a scrap trawler a little bit. Yeah. Which is an extremely powerful card. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, that one works a little different, but this this harkens to that, I'd say. On an
1: enchantment. Yeah. So pretty good. So there's a lot of really interesting cards to add in for my Coria here. I would just suggest you look through, and there's also lots of cards that add ability counters if you're looking to do a more budget version. Uh, these are obviously the flashiest ones that we found in there, so we thought they'd be pretty fun to talk about.
2: All right, let's ca- talk about the cards we want to take out, because if you're going to add all these cards in, you're going to have to take out a bunch. Yes, um, and oh, a lot
1: of these also are we're taking out because Cathro is no longer the lead singer. Right, so. since we're building around
2: Tyam, some of these cards don't make as much sense anymore. The first four we're going to talk about are the four we're taking out of every deck. Well, not every deck has four of them, but... If they're in the deck, we're taking them out. So the Bonders Ornament is in every deck, it's the three mana artifact that taps for a, a man of any color, and then you can pay for and it, tap it. And each player who controls a permanent named Bonders Ornament draws a card. Yeah, uh, self-explanatory, <laughs> not that great. Uh, and then the impetus cycle. These are the auras enchantments that have go that goad the creature you enchant, and then give some other sort of ability to it, ostensibly so you have the choice to either put it on your own creature or put it on an opponent's. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, like these
1: just don't go along with any of the main strategies that these decks are doing. So
0: yeah, most just,
2: of
1: them want to take them out. They're like the cool new cards in the set that may find a house somewhere else. Yeah. All right. The other cards that we're getting rid of, the first one is actually in a cycle that we do consider to be very powerful, but I just believe this is the weakest of all of them. I'm
2: surprised. Uh- I I, I I
1: well, well let's you talk might about still it. like I, for me there's a there's between this and another card so it's obscuring haze tune green for an instant if you control a commander you may cast the spell without paying its mana cost and it's prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control so it's actually a better fog because you could attack into someone and cast this and their creatures won't deal yours damage but yours will deal theirs or it's just a free fog effect on your turn yeah someone else's turn too
2: yeah, I, I think fog effects are underrated in Commander and will often save your bacon in spots where like nothing else will. And the fact that it's a free fog is a lot. And then this has slightly additional upside You're right in that your creatures will still deal damage, so yeah. you can blow somebody out in combat. I don't know. I like this card quite a bit. I would probably try
1: and keep it in. Yeah, I just would rather run the Spore Frog that I can recur with Tyam.
2: Yeah, I think is yeah.
1: also really, really good. But Sporefrog's on the battlefield. You can see it. True, 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 true. And you can't cast it for zero mana. Right. All right, uh, the next card is Aerial Responder, and it's similar to Vampire Nighthawk. These are just one black, black, or one white, white for a creature. The Responder has Flying Vigilance Lifelink, and the Nighthawk has Flying Death Touch Lifelink. Now, these cards would be great if Catherill was the lead singer, but Catherill is not. Uh, and the same goes for a Chroma as well. We're also removing that. It's just a very expensive card for a lot of keywords soup, and we're not trying to do that necessarily in the deck. And then this is a card that we all love to see in the precon environment. But... In the precon environment, this card
2: wrecks. In the wider world of Commander, it's very, very meh and too expensive. It's mm-hmm. a Talpa, Primal Dawn, six white, white for a four, eight legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur. It has flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, and indestructible. In the precon environment, this hits the table. There aren't that many answers to it. And so yeah. it tends to just kind of run amok. Or people everybody copies it and there's a bunch of them running around. It tends to happen a lot. In the wider world of Commander, there's people are aware of the fact that indestructible and things are gonna exist. They have a lot of exile, exile and effects, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And Zatapa doesn't do much. So unless it, you're cheating it out, not really. Really the most useful part of this card is to get into your graveyard and then you use it with catharill
1: but if Mm -hmm. you're not running catharill as a commander you don't even really want to do that so i would totally take it out and the last card i would remove is soul flare it's four black black for a creature demon that's a four four with delve so each card you exile from your graveyard while casting the spell pays for one of its mana so this could at its cheapest be black black if a creature with card with flying was exiled with soul flare's delve ability soul flare has flying and the same is true for first strike double strike death touch haste hexproof indestructible lifelink reach trample and vigilance So this is basically getting rid of cards in your graveyard to create a very powerful soul flare. Um, Obviously, with Catharole, this is the kind of card they'd be like, oh, cool, yeah, you can make the soul flare super huge. But it kind of kills the point of tie-in because you're getting rid of the cards that you want to recur. So it's just a bit of a non-bow. Yeah, uh, when I play the deck... I had Soul Flare in my hand. I remember
2: most of the game thinking like, I don't want to cast this. Yeah, it just is going to take it's away It's so
1: you... awkward. Yeah. Yeah,
2: because it actually hurts me more than it helps me probably. And so, yeah, I really don't want cards in my hand ever
1: that I'm not happy to cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now that we're here, let's talk about how the deck does play. Now, we've only run the deck with Catheril, uh in our test games with each other. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like what Josh said. It, sometimes it just gets a little awkward when you're like, I can cast my commander, but doing so does nothing for me. My graveyard has zero cards in it.
2: But there are times when later in the game, some stuff's gone down. You actually, if you'd managed to get a mill engine going, mm-hmm. Catherine seems insane because sometimes people play it and you're like, you get what? Okay, so I get first strike on this, indestructible on that. Yeah. Double strike on this, trample on it. This thing has flying. Catherall gets seven one-one counters, you know, or... And you're like, oh my god, what the heck just happened? (laughs) Yeah,
1: your Zatalpa is actually the scariest thing in the world right now.
2: Oh yeah, we saw Zatalpas that were just like insanity. Plus they can get a lot of 1-1 counters onto something like a Zatalpa because of other effects in the deck. So it can do stuff, but it's kind of like high variance some decks some some games it would seem to do not much at all and then some games it's like that's that's crazy yeah and not
1: to mention if you're playing in the wide world of commander there's gonna be a lot of board wipes around and catharel is very very fragile to that and recasting a five drop commander to cost seven man the next time it's that's gonna be most of your turn so i think that's in general catharel like you said high variance is a great way to put in yeah, you, so you might also think about putting in some stuff that protects against against board wipes mm-hmm. uh,
2: might be a good idea, too. All right, to the listeners, what do you think of this Abzan deck? What cards did we miss? Would you agree with us? Would you run Tyam as the commander out of the box, or do you think it's better to go with Catheril? If you did go with Cathro are there some cool cards that you think of that maybe we didn't think of that caused you to want to run Catheril? Like, one of the things that's tough is ability counters haven't, existed before. Yeah. And in the history of magic there's not a lot of cards that just generically mess around with counters yeah but
1: so it's possible we just miss some cards uh you know put it in the comments if you came up with something cool this could be a hidden skull deck where you just play catharill and load skull up and then just find ways to keep recurring it from every zone sure just hope it doesn't get exiled <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first yeah you start doing
2: that was, oh, i'm just gonna path it oh no
1: <laughs> my hidden skull deck all right if you
2: want to pick up this deck or any of the pre-con decks or any of the cards from the main set or sealed product from the main set anything at all, just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. When you use our affiliate link, you really are supporting all of our content this show, Game Nights, everything we're doing here. We've got a lot of bonus content coming out because of all the sets that are coming out this month,
1: and so your support really does allow us to do all that. Yeah, and of course, Ultra Pro 2, one of the sponsors of the show. Both of these companies are, you know, tirelessly working to make sure that they can still keep things going in this difficult time period. So your support means more than it ever has. And again, like Josh said earlier, you know, if you can't support Ultra Pro or Card Kingdom or us right now, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. You can send a message, right? Even just see positive words on my Twitter feed makes my day so much better, even if things aren't looking great. In other aspects, I know that you, know, you're, you left a positive comment somewhere or you subscribed and follow us or you, you, know, you tagged us in the post and you asked the question and kept the conversation going because that is what I think is the most important part about this whole isolation thing. It's just we are able to still talk to each other. So let's use the resources we have available to us, whatever they may be
2: yeah very very cool okay we're not gonna do the end step like we have it on these other upgrade videos because they we're doing so many and we don't have that many cool things going on especially right now <laughs> you know we watch can talk ne- about we can uh, uh, use uh, netflix yeah you can watch something on netflix tiger king <laughs> tiger, <laughs> I love, like, tiger a thumbs
1: king. up to the events that happened to tiger listen king.
2: i'm not giving a thumbs up to the tiger thing. there you go king i'm giving a thumbs up to the documentary about yeah, the tiger king pretty crazy <laughs> stuff yeah check that out on netflix okay yeah. uh Big shout out to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchette, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Estaka, Josh Murphy, Jake
1: Boss, and Sam Waldo. And as always, big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the Living Card animations that start and end our show on YouTube, as well as live behind us on set and on game nights. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everybody. If I'm correct, this will be the fifth and final
2: of these upgrade videos for the pre-cons. Next, we'll be starting to tackle the various set reviews. We're going to look at the new Legendary Creatures. We're going to look at the cards that go in your 99. We're going to look at both the Commander product and And, the main set. Oh, boy. So we've got a lot coming up. If you haven't hit that notification button for... If you haven't subscribed, and then... I always want them to hit the notification and then subscribe, but it won't work that way. (laughs) Subscribe and then hit the notification bell. We still have a ton of content on the way. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have all the spicy
1: tech. Good stuff. All of it. All of it. We won't miss any of it. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try our best. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>